1: The Buccaneers episode 6, it's Christmas, is over, but we're just getting started. I'm Wheel of Cheese, Sarah Carradine, and she's the spouse that lets me do what I want, Geneva Guadalupe. Hey, Geneva. Hey, Sarah. That's funny.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, You know, it's, uh, Christmas is my favorite season, so. uh, Really? Really? Yeah, actually it is. Like the Christmas season is exciting. I, I love listening to the music. I love singing the music, the carols, all that fun stuff, you know, um, the gifts, the spending time with fam and friends, or, you know, I guess throwing snowballs outside and hanging out in the snow. No, I'm just kidding. I actually kind of dislike snow a lot. Um, I think I think the first time you see a snow, like in a season, it's nice. But then all of a sudden, when you start snowing more and more, and then you have to like shovel the snow or drive in the snow, it gets really icy and muddy, and it's 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 evil. So
1: snow is things. evil. You heard it here first. <laughs> so they're good I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of Christmas. I don't hate Christmas, but Christmas can miss me really. uh So. <laughs> but not miss our friends here at their Christmas. We're recapping the Buccaneers week by week as the episodes drop with full spoilers for the episodes that have aired, but nothing ahead. Watch the series on Apple TV+. Plus. Subscribe to the feed so you don't miss a minute of our coverage. Postshowrecaps.com slash Bridgerton or postshowrecaps.com slash Apple TV. And if you have a moment to rate and review, that makes a huge difference. It would be our early Christmas present from you, wrapped in a piece of cloth. All right, (laughs) let's get to the headlines for Episode 6. It's Christmas. And it is indeed Christmas at the Titangial Estate in Scotland. Let's check in with the gang. Guy arrives with Jean and Guy and Nan, I fuck. Later, when they meet alone, they are awkward and sad. Conchita and Lord Richard talk about being amicably apart. Let's see if they can do it. Nobody else ever has managed it in the history of the world. Seedown bathes Ginny. He tells her that when she is with her friends, she is not easy to love. And then he selects what she will wear. Oh Ginny. So sad. When Lizzie falls in the snow, Sidon wordlessly picks her up and carries her upstairs, puts her on her bed and warns her not to make a fuss and leaves. Ginny finds Lizzie sobbing and Lizzie finally tells her how Sidon sexually humiliated her and that she is worried for Ginny. Ginny immediately has a perfect line in victim blaming. It's all Lizzie's fault. Mabel and Honoria have a tense meeting. Mabel apologises for the last time and gives her a gift. It is a silver music box with two ladies dancing and Mabel has thought of a plan to stay in England but, of course, as this is a romance drama, she doesn't actually tell Honoria what it is. Put a pin in that for later. Mabel flirts with Miles who muses, if only we had spouses that let us do what we want. And apparently some agreement is reached because he proposes to her in front of everyone. Conchita and Richard have a quickie, of course. Ginny tells C-Down what Lizzie has told her. He deflects and asks her to prove that she loves him. Now it is Christmas Day. The Dowager Duchess of Titangel informs Nan that she knows of her predicament and that Nan must pack and leave immediately. When Guy denies having told the Duchess, Nan realises that it is Ginny who has revealed her secret. Guy asks her how she feels about not getting married, and she replies, relieved, which surprises her, but not us. With everyone assembled for Christmas lunch, Nan announces the secret and states that she is no longer ashamed, but proud. Theo rises and declares his continued love for Nan and he still wants to marry her. They kiss, but she is thinking of Guy. Very packed episode, Geneva. Yes. And I've left out an entire plot, which I'd love you to talk about, the affair between Lord Richard and the governess, Laura Testavalli. Well, you know, what's interesting is I feel like this is what we were thinking
0: about, Sarah, what the mm-hmm. last time that we had recorded, and we said that there was a potential uh, um, situation that we were predicting. And so mm-hmm. I think that this quite aligns with that. Um, yeah, uh, I guess, in a sense, not in terribly surprising, just considering I feel like the hints of their relationship that we were kind of seeing throughout this first season. So I guess it wasn't like as shocking. Although I was also wondering, you know, what her connection might be within the in the scope of things. Cause I was also like, maybe there's a possibility, maybe she has some sort of connection to Nan. That was also another thought. But, you know, I, I think that with the context of what we've seen and how he's interacted around Ms. Tess it wasn't too, I guess, shocking, but I guess uh it being brought into uh the limelight and into I guess fruition. I was like, oh, okay. Well this adds another layer here. So I guess it was it was it was quite interesting. What 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 did you think?
1: Well, we were given a lovely tantalising brief moment where he was sad and he went in, she was in the bath and he sat down and leaned on the bath and they seemed very comfortable with each other. Nothing was said. They were very amicable. And I thought, ooh, he's used to seeing her with no clothes on and she doesn't mind him seeing her with no clothes on. It wasn't sexual but it was very companionable. So immediately there's a thought of what, what happened. So, I think here we really unwrap Richard and Honoria's extremely sad beige childhood uh, with the very repressive family that they live in. Honoria wants Richard to be free. We've had Richard saying that he feels very free in New York, feels his duty is in England. We've had Conchita being shamed and shunned by his family and not wanting her. Uh, plot uh, involvement. I mean, baby, to grow up in such a such a family, and that push pull. I think that's happened for Richard is fully blown open here by Honoria, who says you you have to cut all ties, and she means all ties. It's a very English conversation that they have where they refer glancingly to things rather than talking about them openly again I'm just mad for this actress that plays Honoria. I think she's absolutely fantastic and she was affected by it too I think the idea of siblings you know they grow up in the same home but they have different parents is often said and I think that's true but I also think that what happens to one affects the other and so she talks about the effect I think that it had on her or certainly her desire that he cut all ties. I think she includes herself there rather selflessly. You know, she feels lonely uh, and she doesn't know what's happening with Mabel. Of course, Mabel hasn't told her the marvellous plan that she has to stay in England. Uh, so she doesn't she doesn't know what her position is going to be. But she was raised to either marry at seventeen or be a quiet spinster in the family house, more a servant than a than a child. And I think Honoria really embodies that. Or this actress really embodies that. So I like this scene between the siblings. I think it opened up a lot of, uh, you know, English life. The contrast with the lively Americans and what has to happen in order to move forward. So Richard must cut ties and it is in fact Honoria and Laura Valley who make the decision, take the decision. The suggestion is given by Honoria again sideways and Laura picks it up immediately, packs her bags and says, Christmas Day, but I'm off. I have a different family that need me. I must go. And Richard tries to stop her and, of course, she knows best the women in this series are the ones who have to be the adults. Well, not even and not even just, I think, Richard. Even even
0: Concetta's like, what can we do? How can we persuade you to stay? Why are you leaving? And Miss Toss Valley like, well, you know, I have to go. I, you know, I if I hear good news of you guys, that's that's great, but I gotta move on. And I guess when we think about at least this sort of I I guess, maybe closeness that we're seeing between Richard and Conchita again, it, it, it probably feels a little bit, I guess, also difficult to kind of be within that situation, knowing that they've started to uh, reconnect and form this stronger bond with their child and that sort of thing. So there's just a lot of things there, but I think that it it's kind of interesting because, you know, Conchita doesn't necessarily have context for really why a lot of this is happening and is notices that sort of closeness but also doesn't realize oh this is this is
1: really what's going on. Do you think the affair has continued oh beyond this point but prior to this leading up to this point Richard and Laura have they been together as it were have they been intimate after his marriage with Conchita I mean that's a good question I'm
0: unsure I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was as maybe they were distant and separate and not within the same space but I still kind of feel like it seems like most of that ended I guess prior to them getting married but if there was there might have been a little inkling of it but you know, we kind of saw those little moments and they would have conversations and we saw those sorts of scenes between them, but maybe it wasn't necessarily physical as it was in the past.
1: Yes, I mean, certainly intimate, one could say. I mean, sitting beside someone when they're in a bath is a very intimate act. And while it's not perhaps, as you say, a continued physical relationship, it's still, there's an intimacy there. He goes to her for comfort So we do see her as sort of quasi-mother, quasi-lover for him, Uh, more of a comfort to him than Honoria ever had, and that's one of the ways that this affected her, was that Miss Test Valley could have been the mother figure for both of them, Um, but her affair with Richard made it not so. Uh, And, look, You you shouldn't say affair when it's between an adult and a minor, so I don't quite know what to call it, Uh, but it has affected all of their lives. I think this is a very interesting thread and it continues that idea of the repression of the English and, you know, one wonders whether mother knew about it or not and what her opinion might might have been or might not have been as in fact the English never tell in tell each other anything certainly as far as this show tells right us. yeah people <laughs> don't <laughs> like
0: to say anything and you know that is obviously the tension that comes along with you know a drama but in reality can be sometimes frustrating and I think yes that's a theme that we will
1: I feel like potentially see because I feel like people are keeping lots of secrets. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's not just it's not just Nan's secret, but it's how secrets you know affect everyone. I mean, Theo has his own secrets. Everybody secrets, secrets, secrets. So I think the the theme of what's withheld and what's given is generally nicely uh, dealt with. I don't like the Mabel knows what she's going to do but doesn't tell honoria it's just it just is there to create tension and not what you would really do which is i've had an idea of how to stay and this is what it is in case you see it and get upset person that i really love so mabel you're turning into an english woman before our eyes let's talk about the dowager duchess of Titangel. I love this actress she's fabulous and it's been such a great character she's been accepting of nan she's enjoyed nan's company they've talked about the same color suiting them she's talked about her son and who would be the, the a good woman for him to marry and she finds him to be as uh, she finds her to be uh, very acceptable despite the fact she's American. I think she she enjoys a bracing conversation. But the turn here when Nan happily goes in to find her at the big table pouring herself a cup of tea, not looking at her, coldly turning away, uh, expecting expecting Nan to sort of scuttle off in shame. How did you find that scene and the continuation of the Dowager Duchess's scenes in this episode? It was
0: awful. I mean, it was cold. I mean, I guess we expected something might happen like this, especially considering the secret was kept. And I feel like there's obviously a thought of how people would take it. And we would hope for Nan's sake that people would take it positively. But the reality is most people are not going to take this news positively. And she, you know, the dowager did not take this news positively. And she's literally like, you know, I'm asking you to pack your bags and and leave. Um, Uh,
1: And the word asking is doing a lot of work there.
0: (laughs) And we're going to make it known to everybody that your father is unwell and you had to return to America. And then everyone probably next year will forget this whole situation. And I think obviously the challenge here is like, wait, so how in the world did she find out? Because... Very didn't few people you know. Now.
1: Didn't you know straight away? Well, I mean,
0: yeah, I guess in a sense I did, but then I guess I didn't. If that makes sense.
1: I think the, I mean, as 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 you know, keen listeners will be aware. I think the writing of C Down has been, fan- you know, the the best of of the writing, which is patchy not always as one would like, but the writing of that character and the performance of that character has been so strong that when he says that uh, she must prove that she loves him, perfect deflection, perfect reversal of victim (laughs) and perpetrator, he's got it all down. It's not that I necessarily guessed what she was going to do, but as soon as this meeting happened, uh, I knew that, lizzie had told somebody
0: yeah i I definitely didn't think it would be guy i felt like guy would just wouldn't have been the one to tell that secret although i feel like nan was like
1: okay who who would have done it maybe guy could have been there's only two as far as she knows there's only four people who know right uh patricia and tracy and guy and jenny that's it uh her parents aren't here uh she doesn't even think it could possibly be jenny so it has to be Guy. She went through the ringer in this episode, poor Nan, thinking she was betrayed by her friend. She believes him straight away, though, when he tells her that he didn't tell. I I, I think, well, I guess because at that point
0: it's like, I, I think he just, he seemed so also surprised by what she was asking that I think it got to a point where Nan was like, okay,
1: it couldn't have been him. A, and more least, that more that there's an alternative, you know, because right, as far as she right. was concerned, it could only be him. It couldn't be anyone else. Right. Exactly. And as soon as he puts a doubt in her mind, and she thinks, and she realizes there's someone else who knew, she gets it. <laughs> she absolutely gets it. That betrayal. Oh yeah, but I think at least at least how it
0: was framed to me in the moment was more really that not necessarily Ginny told, but that Seaton told. At least well, how the, it. It came off, at least.
1: That that Ginny told somebody. Yeah,
0: told Sedan and Sedan told
1: Dowager. So
0: that's kind of where I was like, oh, that's kind of the missing thread. But of course he's saying, oh, well, Ginny told, of course. And obviously it would also be, I guess, even worse in a sense if it came out that he had told. Mm -hmm. Which also breaks Nan's trust even more with her, because she didn't keep it a secret but also I guess it's not surprising that you know Jenny would tell
1: her husband about it so what do you mean it's not surprising Well, to I us guess... or to or in general because I'm really never just... a fan of don't tell anybody it's a secret oh but I just told my partner no your partner is not you and you don't get to break confidences there no and I mean I don't
0: think that she should have right but I also am not surprised that she told her partner I feel like oh, oh, in a lot of, I, I feel like in a lot of experiences and relationships with people that I know and that people have had, like, even if you have something in confidence, I know sometimes people will be quick to tell someone else that may not necessarily have a connection with other people. So like, you know, she felt like maybe this is a secret that she's been harboring. So maybe she felt the need that she told Seaton, but she didn't think that Seaton would take that and run with it.
1: Yeah. General PSA, everybody, don't do that. Don't don't do that. Yeah, no, and (laughs) especially if you're, especially if you're Jenny, do not hand ammunition to your husband. I don't think she tells him because it's a secret that's been weighing on her mind. I think she tells him because he says, "Prove that you love me," and she's so terrified and abused in this relationship. So, as I say, it's so great. I mean, it's terrible to watch, but it's so well done. That of course, this is she's searching for something to prove that she loves him. She never asks him to prove he loves her, right? She's a child, and she is being totally manipulated and abused by him. It's, it's I keep saying it's so well done. Uh, it, it's one of the great threads here. With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really?
0: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details.
1: So what did you think then of Nan taking this big decision? I'm not going to scuttle off into the night. I am go- well into the day. I'm going to go down to lunch where everybody's sitting and tell everybody.
0: Well, I, I kind of like it because I feel like Nan should be able to tell her side of the story. I mean, at the end of the day, it's her secret. It's not the Dowager's secret. It's not Theo's secret. It's not Guy's secret. It's not Ginny's secret, and secret. So I feel like she should have the agency to tell the story of her own personal account. To everybody. And of course, I think part of it is she also wants to give Theo an explanation because who knows what the Dowager would actually say, right? I mean, she's like, oh, he's going to be upset and all this sort of stuff. But in reality, I'm kind of glad that she felt not only, I guess, comfortable, but like willing and open to share it in front of everyone. But I guess that was kind of the position that she was in. And she just kind of had to be public with it at that point. So. And it's, I think, I think the challenge here in itself too is, unfortunately, Nana's being judged, you know, because of who her her parents are or who her parents aren't versus who she is as an individual. And I think that's obviously the frustrating situation for her too. But I think that over over this you know period of time and and what's going on, I think her being able to be open with it kind of is sort of. I think maybe just a realization of who who she is and who she like how she's managed to essentially survive this revelation and how she's managed to deal with it and you know unfortunately she couldn't she didn't have the opportunity to be open you know with Theo about it or you know in the way that she wanted to because even in that well, moment he a couple shut her, ups he shut her down exactly and that's what I was gonna say unfortunately when she was ready to tell him. He was like, oh, I don't want to hear anything if it's negative or whatever. And so, and, you know, that's one of the tropes that we tend to see. But, you know, because of that, this is kind of that sort of space and opportunity that she has. And, you know, she's sorry about lying about it, but, you know, it, at first that wasn't her, her, her intention to lie. And obviously she was also learning in the scheme of things about this happening in the last couple of months. So it's been a crazy time, but then it kind of led to, okay, well, I guess... I guess I have to keep it a secret. So,
1: yes, I feel that her apparent courage of fronting everyone at the lunch is actually because she has nothing to lose. She knows, in inverted commas, that uh, Theo will reject her. But much more importantly, Guy asked her how she felt about not getting married because he also assumes that that Theo will, will reject her. And she replies, relieved. So she has absolutely nothing to lose. She's not trying to keep Theo. She knows when she walks into that room that she is not going to marry him. And further, she knows that she's pleased about it. She's relieved that the idea of not marrying him is actually a freedom for her. So when she goes in to announce to the lunch and she announces that she's no longer ashamed but proud, I think she feels a great sense of freedom that she's not now going to marry uh, this man who she liked enormously and was sort of tingling for in the lady parts but really they didn't have a, a truthful connection and also she had seen something of him that that she (laughs) didn't like and so I think that's where the the courage or the apparent courage comes from it's that wonderful recklessness of having nothing to lose but then what happens which is very nice for the drama is that Theo rises and tells her that he loves her anyway and he still wants to marry her what did you think about Theo in this moment I mean
0: I guess the idea of it, oh, that's great. But I think knowing Nan and Nan being relieved that she wouldn't have to get married, I'm like, oh, great. Now she's kind of stuck <laughs> in this situation that she doesn't necessarily want to be in. Like, I'm sure she likes Theo, but even when he, he even proclaims that he loves her, he's like, I love you. She doesn't say I love you, too. Like, she just is staring off into the distance, hoping Guy shows up, and then he's nowhere to be found, and then eventually, like, Theo pulls her into to kiss her and then that happens and then you know his you know dowager's like okay I think we need to talk about this in private and all this sort of mess um and so and then of course Lizzie is super excited that all oh, of this is happening or whatever but I think um th- this is also where I'm just like I don't know I think I just kind of I thought it was a nice proclamation but I think I just I just I don't really love Theo to be quite honest like I know there's so many yeah, she took it. A- against him yeah i i know there's so many theo nan shippers out there but i i i'm just i'm just not convinced by it i think part of it is just seeing his behavior like towards guy you know with this whole like competitiveness like saying all this sort of stuff when he knows that like guy actually generally had feelings for her and all this sort of stuff but he kind of used like what his past motivations were against him the stuff that he said about jean so I think those were just a lot of huge red flags for me. So like, even though, you know, Guy isn't perfect either. I still prefer Guy over Theo personally. Um, but that's just, the, that's just my guys take on poor.
1: it. Guy is a poor. Guy is a poor. Listen, they but... met in the first, they met in the first two minutes of the season. I think we all knew where, where this was going, but now, maybe not maybe as we said with edith Edith Wharton, not everybody ends happily you know maybe she does marry theo we don't know because we have not watched ahead it has been such a terrible restraint not to look ahead um geneva oh so tell me about miles now we haven't really mentioned miles as the episodes have gone on he's been a sort of ancillary chap along with all the chaps and we've seen him and he's of you know, rather good looking and he has the long hair but we really haven't had any moments with him and then he comes out with this moment of if only we had spouses that let us do what we want what did you what did you read into that with miles obviously we know with mabel that she's queer she doesn't want to marry a man or well, she might want to have sex with a man who knows but she doesn't want to have that kind of heteronormative relationship what is it in Miles that requires a spouse that lets him do what he wants, given that we've had basically no information about him at all? He's a free spirit. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do make me laugh. Thank
0: you, Sarah. But yeah, no, I don't know. I think I think he he, lo- he he likes to have fun. He likes the independence. The the fact that you know he, he probably is also getting that sort of pressure. Oh, he needs to, you know, settle down, I guess, get some get some money. I don't know. You know, find find a wife, start a future, uh, get him married off to someone who's wealthy. That's not the life that he he doesn't want to be restrained. He wants to be free. And so because he he and you know Mabel recognize that they're very similar in that sense where they have fun with hanging out with each other and they're free spirits and that people don't understand them and they can connect in that way. And even though it may not necessarily be romantic, they have that sort of commonality where it may be worth it to get married because they would still have some sort of freedom and adventure even within that partnership within that you know potential marriage and i think like the moment mabel also said to Honoria, like oh i have a plan and you know i saw that first scene uh you know of of um miles and mabel i was like oh i know i know where this is going (laughs) i know Mm -hmm. where this is going and i'm like i don't don't hate it i mean if she has to if she has to get married to someone it can't and you know within the confines of the story can't get married to Honoria. you know at least get with someone you feel like you could have a a fun time with so that's kind of how i thought about it
1: yeah i don't hate it as an idea but for me this we have we know at we virtually don't even know that his name is miles and it's episode six and if he is to be more than a plot contrivance him and the baby you know hand in hand plot contrivances i would have liked just i know more about gene than i know about miles that's and a good point. she's had, you know, a quarter of the screen time. So I would have liked to know something about him before this moment. I think it would have made this moment stronger. I think we would have been more satisfied with the arrangement. They clearly like each other, as you say. They're friends, as you say. But I don't know why Miles wants a spouse that lets him do what he wants. Is he a rake? Is he asexual? Is he... Does he want to pursue men? Does he want to pursue goats? Uh, what is it about Miles that requires a spouse that lets him do what he wants? Does he want to travel for two years at a time? Does he want to become a member of Parliament? I mean, I have mm-hmm. I I buy that he wants that, but I don't even have an inkling of what the what the driving compelling force for him is so that when that meets the driving compelling force of Mabel we go aha they are perfect for each other this this is one of the marriages that's going to last because they are friends and they are dedicated to letting each other live their own life so I like it as an idea but currently it's just an idea because I don't know who Miles is or what Miles wants
0: and I completely get that No, and I get that. And I think maybe what would have been helpful is, like, when, like, when, you know, the group of guys and girls were hanging out, you know, a few episodes ago, we got, like, because I was wondering, I was like, who's this guy? Like, I saw him there, right? But I was like, I don't know his name. I don't know. He's just there. Like, I'm a little confused. So maybe if they had a little interaction there before, like, she went off to New York, right? And then that also kind of maybe there could have been some sort of connection made where, like. She was like, oh, this is why I want to go back to you know the UK. I don't because... even need a
1: connection with Mabel. I just need something about Miles. I need the boys to say, oh, well, of course, you have a different whore every night, or you like to be at the gambling table, or you're still a virgin. It, it just, just seems like he's a random guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah something he... from that is not to do with Mabel, something that is to do with Miles, and that we were given an in. Ind- any indication of his character other than my job is is cute because he's very cute very cute short little pocket chap with long hair but there there had to be more so i feel that i like the i like it as a plot but I, as a character moment, it only gives me Mabel. It doesn't give me Miles. And because we're so, I personally am so invested in Mabel and Honoria. I love them. <clears throat> These are the two, the two actors that I'm, I'm really drawn to. Because we, and we are, you know, supposed to be on their side. So I don't. I I'm glad Mabel's sorted something out, and it's of her own volition. But. Who who is this that she's marrying? Who is this that there's a meeting of minds? Who is this that there's a meeting of sort of delight and flirtatiousness and enjoyment? I mean, I can imagine if they were married, this is the house you'd love to go over to because it's always fun and it's always light and it's always joyful. Anyway, so but, I like it as a thing, but I wanted more of Miles. Is, but is I think I maybe
0: that there. was the maybe that was the point. Maybe they're not trying to get us to
1: care about Miles but and we so should because we should
0: i think we should
1: but i, think I don't maybe think it was they... deliberate i think it was bad writing i'm just saying you know, if you I'm have just, a character in episode six that is going to prove a pivotal plot point please write him it's just one line is all you needed to give us anyway that's <laughs> we. you
0: know sarah they but, make a pretty good team like they make a good 10, team so... they're both pocket-sized so they look good together. Yes. I, I agree it'll be with that. it'll be great. But I think you know what? It's okay because at the end of the day, since we're rooting for Mabel and Hedoria, we don't we don't need we don't
1: we don't need any reason to, I guess we could I mean we could shift to root for miles? You don't want a nice three a little throuple there in a in a house somewhere all living happily together. I mean, that, would, that would be fun, I guess. That'd be yeah. fun. Yes. Uh so let's talk about Jean, uh Guy and Jean. <laughs> Guy and Jean, who would have thought? Jean doesn't really want to have Christmas with everybody. She wants to go out riding. And she says to Guy, will he come with her? And so we see Guy at the end not knowing whether to join the Christmas lunch and be with Nan, or whether he is going to go off riding with Jean. What did you what did you think of that tension?
0: I I thought actually maybe. Maybe this is another thing where they're, they're not really fleshing out certain relationships as much. But I actually kind of wanted maybe, or I wonder if we, we could get maybe a deleted scene somewhere. I wanted to see, like, what that situation was. Like, obviously, like, I guess we kind of have a sense that he probably maybe proposed or something. It's at least what seems to be implied here, right? But I guess I would have been intrigued to see how that went down. I guess.
1: I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe you're, We're on the other side again, because I, I love that Jean is an enigma. I love that she's a warm prop because that's how everybody's treating her. Um, and I love the idea that guys said, well, I can't have the woman I love. And so let me, let me find someone. And she's, attractive and pleasant and I like her company and they go out for a ride, maybe this is where he proposes. I mean, we're assuming that there's going to be a proposal. We've had a lot of public proposals. It makes sense for these two characters to have a private proposal, if indeed that's that's what's happening. But say more about this match. Well, I feel like at this point it just kind of feels like
0: with who's there, it, it's kind of the default in a sense
1: mm-hmm. um I mean she did and I, him... I like that that's sad. that makes me very sad for both of them it but does. you can imagine many matches being made in this fashion
0: oh yes I mean she did give him cheese right so that's great a whole wheel a whole wheel of cheese so I think that is definitely a strong foundation for a solid relationship so I heard it first I think it's, it's
1: great give cheese to your beloved I agree so I think it's great from that regard
0: and I do feel like I feel like Jean deserves somebody and I feel like she's been unfortunately treated poorly at least in terms of how people have you know I think talked about her but obviously you know I think for Guy the reality is like he didn't want to be forced to be with someone that his friend was throwing on him because of his friend's love for his fiance. So I completely understand why guy was not with it, but I guess he realizes, okay, well, she seems like a nice girl. So, I mean he still has well. to marry
1: he still has to marry some money right he still yeah, has he that needs the money. he still has that job so were you were you fooled at all that he was going to walk into the christmas lunch or did you always know that he was going to go riding with jean I guess I wasn't sure if he was going to jean per se
0: so I think that for me was a little bit of a surprise but I didn't mm-hmm. think that he was necessarily yeah. going
1: to show up so well he had his hand on the door handle and we right. didn't know what door handle it was. Right. I thought that was very effective. Yes. Because as he had the door hand on the door handle I was thinking don't leave Jean hanging but I also thought yes go in there Nan's being amazing, you know. So <laughs> but then I realized I was I was sad but satisfied narratively that he went riding with Jean at the end there leaving nan being kissed by her fiance but thinking about someone else they do a lot of thinking about each other i like that and that's very well put what do you think's happening next what is happening next we have two episodes to go we have some couples coupled up we have some couples in trouble we have some couples apart who want to be together we have some couples together who might want to be apart what what do you think the next little moment's going to be well i guess
0: it will be interesting to see how nan and theo navigate um this public revelation because i'm sure news will spread even more beyond that room um at you know uh, cri- a christmas lunch of what of of her secret so i think it'll be interesting to see um Is it how do people respond? I mean, I guess I would assume people would not respond well, but maybe there are some people who are in support. I'm not sure. Um, But I think I guess the one good thing is, is that even though, you know, I guess we could still argue that Nan, you know, likes Theo,
1: so... At least some guy that she, she likes, him likes. Enough. yeah, yeah, abs- some- guys. She likes him enough. <laughs> some guy that she really likes, you know, some guy, be- yes. right? Oh, yeah, exactly. sorry, that's confusing. I um, love it.
0: Some guy she likes, right? Uh, at least accepts her for who she is. So
1: I think that's he came at least back famously. Yeah. Famously, he came back. So I think you know we had the last episode was set at Guy in Guy Fawkes Night. This is Christmas. I was going to say, when do you think the next one will be will be set? But it's called First Footing, so it's going to be New Year's Eve. So I'm looking forward to seeing a week later uh, what New Year's Eve is going to bring for everybody. And who knows? Who knows? I actually don't know if I'm leaning towards it's going to be some people end. Un- I know definitely some people will end unhappily. I buy that even our main characters might If it was Edith Wharton, but because it's not, I kind of think we're going to get happy endings, whatever that means uh, for each of us. I don't hate happy endings, but
0: sometimes (laughs) happy endings aren't always realistic. So I guess that's right.
1: I like it bleak and dark, as you know, what what I'm doing in this kind of well, (laughs) there's enough darkness uh, to satisfy my tastes. Consider becoming a Post Show Recaps patron. Get early access to podcasts as well as Patreon-exclusive podcasts. You can sign up at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps or postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon. Any level gets you access to the Discord and merch is available at higher levels. But if you just want merch, head to the store PostShowRecaps.com slash store is your place to buy your Post Show Recaps merchandise, including wheels of cheese, silver music boxes, T-shirts, mugs, and hats. Geneva, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? People can find me at PeaceLoveJen on Twitter. If you
0: check out my link tree, I have literally all the podcasts or any other content that I'm doing on that link tree Also, if you just look at my tweets, I'm always tweeting about all the different um, reality TV and other shows that I'm watching out there. Um, You know, Love Island Games finished a little while ago. If you haven't watched that, you really should. I've been tweeting all about it. So you can go find all my tweets about it. I'm still tweeting about it, even though the show has been over for a bit. (laughs) But it's great. But yeah, there's so much great content that's out there right now. So I really just, just go...
1: Yeah, just check it out. And, you know, Sarah, what do you got going on? Well, people can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things and I put everything I'm doing there. Over on Silent Podcasts, I'm covering Squid Game, the challenge, <laughs> with Mark Levy. We'll be doing two episodes at a time and we've started this week. Also over on Silent Podcasts, I'm bringing you Big Brother Australia, House of Love check-ins with the Aussie Queen, Annabelle Fiddler. Over on RHAP Reality TV Rehap Ups, Murray Forth and I bring you a true crime review on Crime Scene, that's S-E-E-N. And here on Post Show Recaps coming up at the end of November, I'm covering The Artful Dodger with Brooklyn Zed. And Latonia Starks and I will bring you a one-episode full spoiler coverage of A Murder at the End of the World once that season has finished. So watch The Buccaneers, Episode 7, First Footing, and send us your comments and questions. For now, remember, two ladies on a music box and never touch.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?